Hello, I'm Martin Lawrence Bullard of Martin Lawrence Bullard Design. I'm Laura Umansky with Laura U Interior Design. I'm Bridget Coulter, Bridget Coulter Design. I'm Tom Stringer with Tom Stringer Design Partners based in Chicago. I'm Jamie Rummerfield and Ron Woodson, and we're Woodson and Rummerfield's House of Design. Hi, I'm Jeff Andrews of Jeff Andrews Design. Hi, I'm Jay Connold um, with Full C Design Group. Hi, I'm Alex Papakristidis from AP Interiors, and you are listening to Convo by Design. Convo by Design. Convo by Design. I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, with a conversation about going big. Going big with design. Going big with the business. Big with the furnishings, the color selection. And, and why not? After all, we get one chance to play this game of life, right? So go big. Here's how. <laughs> There is a difference between going big and strategically maximizing every potential opportunity. Anne Rainey Rokar is doing just that from her home base in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Rokar is unapologetically fancy, a maximalist, playful in her design, and loves to manipulate color, fabric, accessories to wield a new look that shocks the senses and calms the soul simultaneously. How can one do both at the same time? Keep listening. We'll be right back. For well over a year now, you have been hearing incredible conversations, interviews, and panels with amazing creative talent as part of our Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. It has been and continues to be an absolute joy working with the entire team at Thermosol from the top down. This multi-generational family business has been producing the gold standard in steam generators, saunas, steam showers, and steam shower accessories for decades. Thermosol is the original steam shower with technology that is state-of-the-art, made and manufactured in the United States. The company's history with steam showers started by David Altman in 1958. Murray Altman acquired Thermosol's steam bath division in 1989, and the company is now led by Mitch Altman from their world-class production facility in Round Rock, Texas. The most successful designers and architects are using steam showers to maximize wellness, relaxation, and enjoyment for their clients. Thermosol is a staunch advocate for the design trade, and I am so proud to have them as a presenting partner of Convo by Design and the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. If not familiar with the entire range of Thermosol products, please check out thermosol.com. So I received another surprise in the mail a few weeks back, and I have been consuming and absorbing its contents ever since. It's a new book, and it's called The Designer Within, A Professional Guide to a Well-Styled Home by designer John McLean. It arrived, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why this book should be on your shelves today. Let me first start by saying that I consider John a friend. I have known him since, gosh, at least 2010. John and I reconnected through the show, and he was a guest years ago, episode 217, for those playing the home game, and there's a link to that episode in the show notes. Here's what I said about John at the time. Quote, some designers have a signature look while others practice a signature process. Designer John McLean is a blender and bender of styles to achieve unique and unforgettable looks. 
John is bicoastal with offices in Florida and California. His signature style really is in his approach, which makes him truly unique and worth watching. I believe in the art forms that are designed in architecture. When speaking with a designer like John, I am in my element because I can ask questions that might get a sideways look from another designer. I ask questions like these to break the information down into small bites, then rebuild a concept so the non-designer can understand it as well. I really enjoyed my chat with John. He knows the look he's trying to achieve, which enables him to experiment a bit more. And to me, that is where design gets really interesting, end quote. So when John writes a book about design, it's built on an incredibly strong foundation, and he's not just showing you his work, but explaining how it's done with crafted experience and a look and feel that is both personal and well-styled. This is not a picture book that simply shows off expensive design of the ultra-wealthy. No, it is a thoughtful exploration into the techniques and strategies of what makes design work and how to utilize the fundamentals to make your style look well-styled and effortless. Who doesn't want that? There's a link to get the book in the show notes as well, and I highly recommend that you get it because it's really, really good. As is our lives these days, when the drapery installer rings the doorbell, you that, have to go. You have to go. You have to put off the trip to the emergency room and get the installer for sure. Yeah. So, jump in right where we left off. You were telling me about coffee, and I'm I'm <laughs> kind of having a hard time with this. Okay, so where we are is a very just service heavy. Um, environment. A lot of designers, architects, um, shops, hairdressers, lash places. It's just that kind of area. And we have no coffee shop. So for two years, two years, I begged everyone I knew in the industry, in the restaurant industry and whatnot, please open a coffee shop. We're dying for it. I will underwrite it. I will design it. I'll do whatever. Please just do it. Uh, it'll be in my building. You know, we'll do a great outfit, whatever you want. I kept every No, 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 no. So finally I did it myself. I decided I was going to do it. Uh, and so now it has turned into not only a coffee shop, but a special event space, a big outdoor permanently, permanently tented event space, um, and a kitchen that is USDA Department of Ag and Health Department certified. So we can actually even do packaged foods out of it. Um, so that's what I, where I am now. So now I have three companies and we are in the midst of my team and I are trying to restructure these companies so that we have an economy of scale, um, which is uh, meaning... Um, bringing everything in-house, like, you know, marketing department can be in-house and the bookkeeping can be in-house and all the things that we normally sub out as a small business. So I want to talk about that for a second, because you bring up a very interesting point. It's, it's counterintuitive. To bring everything in-house is, is counterintuitive in a gig economy. And my question to you is, and it, 
this is fascinating to me because this story about the coffee shop tells me everything I really need to know about the way you're approaching business right now. If someone isn't going to do it on their own, you're just going to do it. So if you can't get what you're looking for from a marketing perspective, from a content development perspective, from you're just going to do it in-house. But again, how do you, and we're jumping way ahead of where I planned on starting with you, but how do you, how do you manage that economy of scale? Because I feel like right now, that's one of the most important issues that people are struggling with. Um, it's been a really interesting process. It's one of those things that has been horrible and interesting all at the same time. Um, economically, now is not the time to do what I'm doing as far as doing uh, large scale construction. Um, our budget on that is tripled. You know, I'm borrowing against my retirement to pay for it. All those kinds of things people tell you not to do. Um, However, I also feel that creatively, at least in America, things have stalled for exactly these reasons, like uh, prices are out of control. Um, but I, I don't see a lot of new art, a lot of new spaces, a lot of interesting restaurants, anything like that happening right now um, due to this huge shift in our economy and the way people want to work and the work-life balance thing, the way that we as businesses have to hire. Um, so what I've found is I have shifted the way that I look for talent or actually I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase that. I have put a name for how I have always instinctively looked for talent. And that is, um, I like people who are multifaceted and who enjoy doing multiple different things. Um, and so now I have a very high-end, high-volume, um, very successful consignment shop that's been around since 1974. I worked there when I was 12 and 13 years old in junior high, and I bought it in 2009. So we have that in our own building. Um, then we have Truva Home, our design firm, and a 15,000 square foot retail store to go with that. Um, and we do, like I was saying earlier, we do everything in-house. We do our own uh, drapery. We build and fabricate a lot of furniture. We do a lot of custom design. Um, so we have that. And then we'll have the event space and cafe, which is a very, very much a luxury cafe experience, completely the opposite of, of any kind of coffee shop that you go in nowadays, you know, that are made with pallets and concrete, you know. Um, so, and that event space attached to that. So, but what's interesting is all three of those businesses, I love all of them. I love all the aspects of business and hospitality and home. And so they're all um, very interconnected because they're all about personal style. They're all about um, the way my client wants to live their life and kind of raising the bar in all aspects of your life and what you expect and how you conduct yourself um, and the places you go. Um, so 
we're trying to bring all these businesses together, like I said, to get this economy of scale. But what's interesting is the like people I'm most excited about, um, my new folks who are joining our team are the ones who, for example, I have one who has a degree in uh, interior design, but she's been managing uh, a food and beverage business for the past six years. I have another, a lead designer who's um, joining us next week and he's moving into town to join us, who has a degree in architecture and at one point in his life took that and bought a bed and breakfast and completely redid it and ran that for years, a few years. Um, So these multifaceted, talented people who are energized by having a lot going on rather than like the more that's thrown at me, the calmer I get. And so I'm collecting these people who kind of operate the same way. And um, it's interesting. Interesting to say the least. Um, as I was listening to you talk, it reminded me of something. Uh, for for years, um, I, I produced the programming, the content and programming for the West Edge Design Fair Santa Monica and upcoming this year for a first year event in Dallas. My first year, sorry, my second year doing that, I was creating a space at the event to do the podcast and to, to like an event space, like a pop-up, right? And I was, I started working with a new partner that year and it was the Warner Brothers prop department out of the Warner Brothers studio in Burbank. And the story of Warner Brothers is basically, you know, they're doing these silent pictures. And when the industry shifted from silent pictures to talkies, they realized you can't just put up a, a, a bubble and say, you're in the desert and another bubble, you know, and walking across New Mexico, you actually had to show things in context because you couldn't explain them. The sets had to, had to define themselves. So the four brothers basically went in these four different directions, scoured the globe, bought out all of these estates because they needed something, couldn't get it any other way where they were. So they went and got it, brought it in. And now their facility is just magnificent, right? It's the size of a football field stacked five high, just the one in Burbank where you've got all of these props and you've got a shop that does woodworking and a metal shop and a drapery shop. And these bolts of fabrics from, from back in the early 1900s, you know, when they they just never got used and they get new material all the time and they still scour. But over the years, they had to learn how to adapt their business. And I think it's very interesting. What you're doing right now is you have been described. And I think you described yourself as a maximalist and you're using that same maximalist approach to your business practice as well, which I think is fascinating and I think that you're speaking to something that right now many in the industry are, are sort of paralyzed by the inability to understand or decision making which direction to go. You know, you want to keep your powder dry. Is this the time to start funneling more cash into expanding the business? Is this the time to get small and get through it? You know, I feel like a lot of designers, a lot of creatives, architects as well, didn't respond to the pandemic at the time and see what was happening. None of us did. Nobody could foresee that home was going to actually become as important as it is. 
as you do this, um, I would like to know some of the lessons that you've already learned, both good and bad. And the idea of creating your own event space, the idea of creating your own workroom, the idea of bringing in team members to create sort of that studio model that you're talking about. Um, what, have, what have you learned and how have you adapted along the way? Um, hmm. I have learned that there are people who want to work from home and that's just how it's going to be. Um, I've learned that there are people who long for creative community and they're not going to last long working at home because uh, much like myself, I like my team is my lifeblood and there's nothing I enjoy more than working with my team and figuring things out and coming up with creative solutions to things. Um, so those people are out there. They're out there and they can bring a lot of value to your business. Um, I have learned, and I've, this is, I think as a business owner, you learn this. Well, not everyone does, but I have learned it over the years. It's better to um, pay well and have fewer better people than a ton of mediocrely paid people who can't really afford to, you know, take care of their family or whatever. Um, because you're just not going to get the performance, the energy, the buy-in, the love of what you're creating from somebody who has to worry about paying their bills. It just doesn't work that way. You know, um, I have always loved bonus structures and commission pay on top of well-paid regular pay salaries. Um, I've learned that that pays off in the end. Um, the people who do want to work from home need places to go on their own terms. Thus, this beautiful space that I'm creating now, um, where people will be able to, during the day, they'll just be able to come and you know, have a little lunch and have their coffee and we're having a, we have a full bar as well for all of your day drinking needs, which has totally changed since COVID, by the way, so much more day drinking, just, it's like a fact as I was doing my market research. Um, I have learned that contractors and subcontractors never write anything down and that's a problem. Um, I've basically, I've kept my contractor completely booked for the past three years, just from one project to the next, um, which is hilarious. Um, I've learned that um, many people are realizing they can charge whatever they want um, because the economy is the way it is. And we've lost so many people, um, especially in niche markets, niche positions, which is what we all deal with as designers, you know. Um, uh, 
I've learned that I still don't want to take on a partner as much as like, this is killing me financially to do it. Um, I just, it's so much easier and simpler just to like buckle down and do it yourself. Um, and it's faster to do things yourself when you're in an economy like this, where every moment is costing you money. It's just faster and then becomes more economical just to do it yourself. Um, I've learned so many things. Oh my gosh. A lot of rules and regulations that we as Americans, like we've always been told that we're the land of opportunity and we're business friendly and forward thinking when it comes to this, it is almost impossible to start a business right now. Like um, when you're dealing with your local governments and city and inspectors and things like that, it's almost impossible. So that being said, and knowing that you want to do everything yourself, I, I am, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm, I'm actually getting anxious. <laughs> the anxiety is, and, and by the way, this is not unique. Um, the industry right now is, is full of very creative people who are trying to figure out their way because we've got this, it's a, it's a whack-a-mole situation. It's really interesting. You know, first we had the pandemic and immediately we had everything shut down. We had no business. So clients weren't spending any money. Nobody was doing anything. Then all of a sudden you realize our houses, our homes are not functional and we need to change this. So everyone started buying things. The cost of goods started going through the roof. There was a shortage of everything in the supply chain from raw materials to finished goods, case goods, soft goods, you name it, it was gone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then there was this immediate knee jerk shift from many designers out to workrooms and starting their own workrooms. But again, you still had this issue with um, raw, you know, raw goods and raw materials to make finished goods. Then after that, you had this other knee jerk reaction where people said, okay, if I can't get that and I can't get this, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go look for things that are already produced, maybe antiques, maybe something that was produced in the, in the seventies or eighties or nineties. And I'm going to reimagine it, which I think is genius. And part of the superpower of, of truly talented designers and architects and the, the art of the find becomes something that is critical again, but now we're in this really interesting space. Now we're in a space where, you know, people keep, I feel like creatives such as yourself, any designer, any architect, you now have to be, and you were talking about this a little bit on the business side and working with inspectors and starting a business, you have to be more business savvy now than ever before because things keep changing as rapidly as they do. Mm -hmm. that, that being said, certain old adages, right? Time is money. Yeah. Um, how are you navigating that? And it's got to be, it's got to be really raising that level of anxiety, spending the money to do it. At the same time, you have to have that other side of the equation where if you're putting money out, you got to be bringing some money in. Um, 
what are your clients doing? Are your clients still still designing full speed ahead? Are you still working the same volume? Are you doing more volume because you have more people? Are you scaling up according to your expectations? The um, well, I'll tell you one thing that's wonderful about having um, separate businesses is that you're definitely like hedging your bets, you know, um, you, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. And so, um, you know, one is like our consignment business is through the roof right now. Um, that business always tends to grow. And what's interesting, that business has been around since 1974 and I have 23 years of continuous data from that business. And it is so interesting to go back over the years and look at it. Um, that business in times cha- of change, either good or bad, grows exponentially. So that part of our business is doing really well. Our design business continues to do well. Um, although at the beginning of the pandemic, pandemic, we really switched from so much of our business was walk-in business off the street. And people would come in and they'd see a setup that I'd done and, you know, a sofa, a couple of chairs and uh, lamps and a cocktail table. And they'd be like, oh, perfect. That's what I need. And they, we had people come in and make really large purchases just right off the street. Then it totally changed to all design-based, one-on-one stuff. So, um, yes, I am still doing my design work. Um, to keep this side of the business going full speed ahead. And I had another big commercial project that um, I worked on through a lot of COVID too. Um, But I have my residential design clients. I'm bringing on this, another lead designer who will be my equal here. Um, And he will, he's bringing clients with them. And we've already got some people that he's going to be suited for. So we're growing this business in that way. And because we have a a really robust trade program um, where we support designers who basically work out of their homes, who don't have the resources we do, don't have the giant fabric library, the wallpaper library, we have fabric on the bolt, you know, all that kind of stuff. So because of the way things have changed, we've been able to be a real resource for other designers, which we love. So that's how we're keeping it going. And like I said, I have this, I have a really, really strong team of people who work for me. So you're in Winston-Salem? Yes. 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 So that is where the business headquarters is. Yes. How are you navigating? Winston-Salem is not a, it is what I would, now, it is what I would call one of the design flyovers, right? Mm -hmm. So unless you're a LA, San Francisco, New York, Miami, Atlanta, Chicago, you know, unless you're one of these, we're most of the media attention goes. Um, most of the shelter publications are shooting projects from there. Unless you're one of those, you do you have the local base of clientele 
And if not, how do you how do you plan your outreach knowing that you're in the process of scaling up? How do you how do you handle your marketing? How do you handle your advertising? How do you handle your outreach to develop that new client base? Well, um, I have kind of an unusual approach to marketing and advertising. We do not do any advertising at all um, for any of the businesses, even when I start a new business. Um, but we invest that money in back into the community through nonprofits. And we work really closely with nonprofits we believe in in the community. So, you know, over the years, it's been, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that we've been able to reinvest in the community. And um, that is definitely a long game, you know, definitely a long game, but it pays off in, um, well, in multiple ways. It just makes your life so much richer and better. Um, you don't have to worry about uh, people coming in to solicit advertising because you just can say, uh, sorry, <laughs> we don't advertise. You are listening to my chat with Ann Rainey Rokar. We'll be right back. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. So we create this deep connection within our community. Um, we have a lot of special events. Um, we uh, chair a couple of boards right now, and I'm, I'm always chairing something. I'm always deeply involved. I'm a real doer when it comes to to that, to all the philanthropic work. I really love it. Um, so that's how we do our outreach. We are, the businesses are also, because we try and raise the bar with what we do just in general. I mean, uh, you know, the after college, I lived in San Francisco and then I was in New York for 12 years. And then I was in Dubai for a couple of years before I moved back. So, um, all my traveling and all that just, uh, it makes me want to bring all the fantastic things that I've seen to my hometown. And so everything we do, we try to raise the bar a little bit. And that has created this culture where whenever anyone has friends coming in from out of town, they come and come to our shops. 
um, which is nice. I mean, it's entertainment for them. Um, and that through direct contact with people is how I get my clients who are not in the area. And then our local base is very, very loyal. And um, I don't know, we don't have to do a lot of national outreach or even regional. We kind of hit the ground running with the business and it's been great. It's been great since the beginning. What does what does your outreach look like? Just uh, drilling down a little bit, you know, the the word of mouth, the word to word, the person to person, peer to peer. That's one thing. Totally get it. But at the same time, reaching, you know, scaling up a business and reaching out to, to new new clients, I would say in the design community, there is sort of one major problem that is twofold in nature. The first is and it's it's one problem and it's it's finding either new clients or upgrading the clients you have to replace them with better clients if you can't educate the ones that you have. Some clients, I mean, look, we've, we've all heard about them, we all have them, are just absolute nightmares. And they're nightmares because they don't understand, they don't wanna learn. It, and it's not client bashing, it's, really, it's part of the business. You have to know going into this, if, if someone's gonna be, if they don't wanna put anything in writing, they really just want to use your relationships and your trade discount for their benefit. Um, and they're going to call you on the weekends. They're going to text you at night. Whether you respond or not is, is immaterial. You're still seeing it. You're still aggravated by it. Um, those are clients that, that many designers who reach that next level, whatever that next level is, will then fire those clients and take on better clients who are who are better to work with until you get to this higher echelon where you really have the choice. And I would I would argue that you have reached that level where you have the choice, but now you have another, it's not a problem, it's just a challenge where you are scaling up the business, meaning that your sphere of influence is getting bigger and you need to fill in with new clients it seems like you're you're chasing a little bit, but it's part it's part of the cycle, right? Yeah, yeah. It's you. I have a unique uh, way because we're a retail shop. I have kind of a, the luxury of it's very easy for me. We don't do contracts, as a matter of fact, um, because I don't charge a large design fee up front. I charge hourly, and then. I have the retail shop, which is where we supply our um, furniture. And we do, you know, we do custom made, we do new furniture. And then we also have mid-century and antiques that we um, redo and make sure that they have the integrity of a new piece of furniture before we ever sell them. So I'm in a unique position to be able to do that. Um, and I just, all I have is a minimum of how much you have to spend within the first couple of months. And also, because of the way my community focus, I so many of my clients are peers that I am interacting with at other times in my philanthropic work. And that creates a, I think, a respect between me and my clients that 
I honestly, knock on wood, I've never had a horrible client, I have to say. But I, I try to manage expectations from the beginning, especially now with lead times and how long things take. And if they've never worked with a designer uh, before, uh, the way I work with them is, um, is uh, I just I talk to them ahead of time and tell them what to expect and how we're going to proceed with things and kind of work at their pace. Um, so knock on wood. Now, I, here's the thing. I came to this business completely by accident. Totally. I was a film producer. That was my career. And when I moved back to North Carolina, um, it was, I don't even know how many years ago, but my plan, what I was going to do in North Carolina ended up kind of falling through. Um, so here I was and I opened the shop, uh, other things led to this, but I decided I'd always had in the back of my mind, a shop like Truvajo that mixed new things as, as well as antiques and vintage and really incorporated all that together. Um, so I opened the shop thinking it was just going to be a shop. And within a month, you know, from the beginning, people were like, oh, will you come design my home? I was like, I'm not a designer. That's not what I do. No, just buy something. It's fine. You know, here, here's a designer. I'll introduce you to somebody. Um, within a month, it was, I saw that was the way the business was going to roll. So, um, here I am. So because I came to it, like without a formal education in design, although I went to school for art and uh, majored in art history and things like that. Um, I think just the way that I conduct the business is a little more, user-friendly for, um, people who I have, I would say probably half of my clients have never worked with a designer before, and it's not intimidating here at our shop. And I, I really make sure of that. It's very important to me. I want everybody to feel comfortable walking in the door. Um, so I don't know. It's just one of those happy accidents that I guess that's happened over the years. I think it's great. I, I think that I think that that's great. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's funny, too, because this I, I had so many questions for you about the, the, the work itself. And I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make this a two parter. Um, we're going to have to do this again. Um, and what I'd like to do is when we do this again, I do this. Um, I do this series for the show called The Showroom, mm -hmm. where what, what we do is we do a video like this. We do it for video. Um, and in advance, you send me some uh, images of your spaces and some of the products you have. And I think what I'd like to do is I, I'd like to do this again. This conversation is, is definitely important. And I'm really excited to put this on, on the podcast, but I definitely, I want to do the other one again too, because I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by all of the brand extensions that you've taken on. And what's interesting to me too, is how all of those extensions 
really do stem from the original idea. Oftentimes, when when a, a creative company has brand extensions, they'll have a concept and then a bunch of extensions off that. And then they'll have another concept, which maybe came off of that originally, and then have other extensions off of that, but not that can cross pollinate. Yours, right. yours seem to have been extremely well thought out. It's, I don't know if it's well thought out or really, I just, I go with my gut. Like if it feels right, um, I, I don't question myself so much anymore. Um, like I know the event space is there's definitely a need for it in my, in my little town here. Um, and I know that I can provide all the things that go with, with that easily. Um, you know, uh, people want a special experience now and we throw parties all the time in our showroom, you know, we do the floral arrangements. We do the whole, we do everything. Um, and um, so it's just, I don't know. It's kind of the way I live my life is the way I run my businesses. You know, you wouldn't think about having a party. You would just do it if you felt a party was needed. And that's, you know, you'd go get a cup of coffee if you want a cup of coffee. So it's a little bit bigger in scale, but it's kind of the same thing. As that happens, do you realize, do you find that you fill a, you fill a, you fill a blank, you fill a gap, the event space, for example, mm -hmm. right? You needed a coffee shop. So now you've got an event space and you've got a working kitchen and you've got a, um, you've got so many more elements there that you have to address. What happens when you find something missing there? Um, and again, I, I keep going back to this idea. I'm trying to wrap my head around it that, you know, your, your model is you have changed direction so that you're bringing everything in house so that you are completely self-contained. I think that's, I, I don't think that's something that everyone has the, has the skill or ability or resources to do, but I think it's, especially now, it seems like a win. It, it works for us. And that is now I'll tell you, like if I was in New York City, I would never have been able to do anything if I was still in New York. None of this would happen. I think these middle markets where um, space, housing, things like that are still affordable. And our town is growing like crazy. I mean, you just, the cranes putting up apartment buildings, like you litter the skyline, you know? Um but getting into like a, a middle market like this, absolutely key to success because you can still afford to buy buildings. You can still afford to um, have a decent rent for a really large space. Um, and wages are fair. They're not, you know, every person I hire doesn't have to be paid $200,000 just so they can have a decent apartment, you know? Um, so, and you would not believe the number of people moving to our town um, from New York, LA, Atlanta, they're all coming here just because life is better. It's easier. Um, yeah, I, I would believe it actually. Um, I'm working on a design house project here in Tulsa 
and Tulsa is a, is a similar city to, to what you're experiencing. And yeah, I would believe it. I think it's absolutely amazing what you can get here. And, you know, there have been certain cases, there's no design center here. Um, and in the process of doing this design house process, you know, what I'm doing today, as a matter of fact, is a, a window, uh, sorry, a drapery install is happening right now. Um, we went with somebody local for custom and it took a little longer than I wanted it to, but not because of them. It was getting the material. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, know, but to your point, it's, it's, you're able to do things here that you, that you might not be able to do elsewhere. This is, this is fantastic. Um, I love the lessons. I love what you're doing. And I would love if it's okay with you the next time, um, if we can do a follow-up to this, where we can get into uh, looking at some of the specifics of the work you do, because I think it's magnificent. Oh, thank you. Are you, are you coming to a furniture market in the fall? Not this year. Ah. I am so I'm so knee deep in um, this design house project that I won't be uh, I won't be able to. Oh, that's a shame. I wanted to give you a tour. But I'm hoping. Oh, you see, I would love that. Um, what's the date? Uh, it's October. I think it's the first week in October this year. Let me let me look it up right quick. Uh, you know what? Let me, and while you're doing that, let me see if I can, uh, just prior to that, two weeks before that, I will be um, at West Edge in Dallas. Are you going to be in Dallas for that? No, I, we are like, I, I am going to be here, here, here until the end of the year. I've just accepted it, but you know, um, not, not much I can do. Okay. Let's I, see. It says October 22nd through 26th. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let me, I'll, let me see. Do. What's that? I always have a really fun party the Saturday night at Furniture Market too, at my house. I, I may have to see if we can, if we can make that happen. You, you really need to. And you'd get to see it for that. This is the one I just finished my house. It's in a 1909 building and I, completely gutted the entire thing and started from scratch. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love yeah. it. I, I would love to see it. And I cannot thank you enough for taking the time today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. So listen, wallpaper is having a moment, a well-deserved moment that is allowing designers to craft and create in new and amazing ways. Convo by Design has a new partner this year, this partnership includes participation in our remote design house Tulsa project, of which you will be hearing a lot about this year. I've been working closely with an exclusive group of partners, and I am absolutely thrilled to be working with York Wall Coverings. This company has been crafting exquisite wall coverings for over a century, with an archive that dates back to the early 18th century. This deeply rich history provides inspiration for the future. And the designs available through the York Wall Covering Studio have long been lauded for their authenticity and craftsmanship. This art, artistry, and history combined with a commitment to continually reimagining the manufacturing process allows York Wall Coverings to provide a consistently exquisite product. For options and inspiration, find them online, yorkwallcoverings.com. You can also find their store locator tool online at yorkwallcoverings.com for a location near you. Thank you, Anne. 
loved our conversation. Thank you to Convo by Design partners and sponsors Thermosol, Moya Living, Article Furniture, Franz Wigner, and York Wall Coverings. And thank you for joining me every week for these conversations. I do hope you enjoy them as much as I do. And give yourself a, a, a mental hug right now because we are living through some very interesting times. And uh, while they continue to surprise, sometimes delight, sometimes just shock, you're doing a great job professionally and personally. It has gotten much harder to do business, create wonderful and sublime spaces. But remember why you do what you do and for whom you do it. Your clients depend on you to make their lives a little bit better. Check back here every week for more stories of design professionals and creatives who are doing this at a high level. Get some new ideas and inspiration to take your own firm to the next level. Until next week, be well and take today first.